The story of the resurrection of Jesus shows up in the Bible in all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Our reading today comes to us from the Gospel of Luke, verse, chapter 24, verses 1 to 12. So listen to this familiar story. Hear it again anew today. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words and returning from the tomb, they told all of this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them as an idle tale and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen clothes by themselves. Then he went home, amazed at what had happened. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. So good morning and happy Easter to you all. I want to say hi to those watching online at home on Facebook Live and YouTube. We're glad you're tuning in and uh, worshiping with us today. And to all of you who are here, help me out again. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. There's a snippet of a poem that I came across recently by Mary Oliver. She's one of my favorite poems. I want, poets, I want you to hear her poem uh, today. This is what it says. Instructions for living a life. Pay attention. Be astonished. Tell about it. I wonder if these are instructions for us on Easter Sunday as well. On the day when we remember and tell the story of the resurrection of Jesus from so long ago. Of the new life that sprang up in him. Of joining with the disciples back then as well as disciples all around the world today who want to do these three things. Pay attention, be astonished, and tell about it. If you like classic Presbyterian three-point sermons, this is your lucky day. <laughs> I want to follow this pattern with you today as we revisit this central part of our faith in God. First comes, pay attention. Pay attention to the details of this story. Pay attention to what is important on this day. Pay attention to your own life, your own circumstances as you encounter the risen Lord Jesus this day. So I want to give, give you all proper due because as you come into worship, it shows you're trying to pay attention. Good job. One surprising thing to notice from Luke's gospel account is that Jesus himself does not show up on Easter morning. Did you notice that? Jesus himself is not there. It's an empty tomb. There are people with dazzling clothes like an angel, but there is no Jesus, at least not until later that night on the road to Emmaus. This is different from Matthew's account where Jesus appears to Mary and in Mark's gospel in the longer ending he also appears to Mary and in John's gospel we remember that Mary uh, confuses him with the gardener. But here in um, Luke's account Jesus is not here. He has been raised. 
And that draws up all kinds of questions for us, perhaps, like how can we believe in the resurrection if we haven't seen it for ourselves? When Jesus isn't here, walking around, passing the peace, shaking hands, giving fist bumps, and COVID-safe high, uh, you know, waves, how does this story relate to our own faith? Well, I want to offer you two ideas. The first is that Mary, in the Gospel of Luke, she never sees the risen Lord Jesus for herself. In the Gospel of Luke, Mary never sees Jesus. Pay attention, and this is what you will notice. She's the first believer in the good news of the resurrection. She's the first person who connects and remembers Jesus' words from before and relates them to his new life now. She's the first to hurry and tell the story to the others. But in this, in this Gospel, she does not see him for herself. And I don't know about you, but I've never seen the physical, risen Lord Jesus myself either. So I want to be like Mary. I want to hear the good news today and let it take hold in me. Let the new life that, that Jesus brings be brought to me as well, and to my family, and for our church, and for our community, and our whole nation, and even the whole world. We believe in the risen Lord Jesus, even though he didn't walk down the aisle here today, this morning, and yet his power is real, and his presence is real, and his peace is real. But we can only know this by faith. I heard a statistic recently from the nation of South Korea. Apparently, in South Korea, um, the percentage or the share of, of Christians in that nation is 29%. 29% would identify as Christians in South Korea but those Koreans who are living in the United States, among Koreans who, who are here in the U.S., the number is much higher. It's 71%. That's a big difference. 29%, 71%. One of the reasons that is given for this, this difference is that people who come to a new country, people who are in a new place, maybe moving here for a job in Silicon Valley, they need community. They need to belong. And so among Koreans, one of the ways they seek to belong is to join a church. And over time, often in that community, they come to believe. So maybe we want to be like Mary, where she sees the empty tomb and hears that Jesus is raised, and, we, and immediately, quickly, she believes. But for many of us, it doesn't quite work like that. Maybe you're more like Peter in this story where he hears from Mary that Jesus is raised, then he goes to see for himself. He runs to the tomb. He stoops to look in. He wants to investigate further to learn more about this possibility. And maybe on this Easter Sunday, that's your posture. I mean, we're here today in church, and some of you may be visiting with us or from, um, who, who aren't regularly here on a Sunday. You might be here because your spouse or your family said, we're going to church and they always say it like that. You're going to church. <laughs> In my mind. But what I want to say to you is, is what we see in Peter in this story. Come and see. Come and see. Peter comes to the tomb and he looks to see for himself. And here on this Easter Sunday, we proclaim the resurrection. But we, if you really want to see what it's all about, come again. Come and see again and again. Those, like those Korean folks who move to a new area, who come into a community of faith, come and see if you could belong. Because when you belong, you're probably going to come to believe. 
If you're a person seeking faith, seeking understanding, this is the place for you. So pay attention. And then be astonished. The meaning of Easter is astonishing when you think about it. I heard a story recently about a family who was out to dinner uh, at a restaurant. And uh, this is one, the kind of restaurant that kids love. You know, they had big booths and um, refillable fountain drinks, unlimited. How often do kids get to drink soda these days? Rarely, but maybe in that one setting. And then they had TVs all around that were playing cartoons. So kids, the kids were so excited. One of them, one of these cartoons was showing on an endless loop of Wile E. Coyote and the Roadrunner. Remember them? Wile E. Coyote and the Roadrunner. And it was just, it was just a bunch of scenes where uh, Wile E. Coyote was trying everything to catch the Roadrunner. He would strap a rocket to his back and try and, he put some roller skates on to try and catch up to the Roadrunner. But we know that he never did, right? And at one point during this family dinner, the kid, this little kid, had his eyes glued to the screen, and he said almost in a whisper, no matter what he does, he's not going to get that chicken. <laughs> no matter what he does, he's never going to get the chicken. <laughs> and here's the astonishing thing that we need to know about Easter. No matter what we do, no matter how hard we try, no matter how good we are, we're also stuck in this kind of endless loop where we can't catch up to, we can't get past the power of sin and death that's at work in our lives and in our world. We can't do it. We can't do it. But Jesus can. And Jesus has. That's the good news of this day. He overcomes the power of death. He, he rises from the grave and shows that God's power, which we know is awesome, it's without limit. His rising gives us hope, new hope, even in this world of sorrow, of hurt, of loss. I mean, you don't have to pay attention very closely to the news to realize this is the truth. We have been shocked this year by the events that have unfolded in Ukraine, haven't we? The brutality that's on display, the civilian suffering, the refugees who are on the move. And it's just this past week we heard about this shooting in the subway in New York City, bringing terror back to the streets of our own country. Some of you here today carry your own sense of loss or hurt, fear or worry. But this power of sin and death, it's not just out in the world somewhere else, it also operates in us. As we walk through grief or loss, as we navigate cancer diagnoses, as we confront the demon of depression, the power of addiction, the grip of grievances that will not let us love our neighbor as ourself. We're not going to beat sin and death on our own. We're just too human for that. But Jesus does, and the astonishing good news of the, is what the scripture says, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us and brings new hope and new life to us. And this astonishing good news is worth telling about. So you see my one, two, three point sermon and where we're going. First, pay attention. See how Mary believes. See how Peter seeks to learn more. See how God uses community to bless and love. Second, be astonished. While we're out there like the roadrunners spinning around trying to catch the chicken, God has done something amazing, something we could never do. And then third, tell about it. In Mark's gospel, some of you know that the, the gospel ends abruptly. It says, the women said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. 
But here in this version, in this gospel story today, they do tell about it. They do tell the other disciples, but it says that they don't believe it. To them, they say the, word, the women's words were like idle talk or an old wives' tale. And some of you will hear that and say, hmm, I don't like the sound of that, <laughs> fellas. This past week, we were reading this Bible story in, a, uh, in, a, in our Bible study class here at church, and uh, we were reading this story in different languages. We were looking at it in some different languages because sometimes hearing a familiar story in a different way, a new way, helps us see something new. And so we saw that in Spanish, um, the, when, she, when, the, when Mary told the other disciples um, about this, that to them it seemed like a tonteria, tonteria, like a stupidness, something stupid. And in Portuguese, it said that it seemed to them as something locura, like craziness. So let me ask you this. If you were Mary or these other women in the story and you had been to the tomb and you saw that it was empty and you ran to tell the others and you got there and told them all about it, how would you feel if you were dismissed in this way? Idle talk, old wives' tale, craziness, stupidness. Sometimes it's hard to tell the astonishing work of God because of how other people will respond or react. A friend of mine was on a trip this, this last week um, to Yellowstone National Park, and they went to see Old Faithful, that geyser. You know Old Faithful? And he, he took his sons with him, and they sent a video of Old Faithful going off, spurting hot water up into the air the same way it does about 20 times every day. And he shared this video with some friends on a text stream. And one of the guys responded this way. This is a quote. He said, just asking, why are people so impressed with Old Faithful? I mean, it's as regular as the sun, and people aren't ooing and aahing when the sun comes up, just saying. <laughs> you know, here's something that's true. Haters are going to hate, okay? <laughs> we know this. There are people, some folks, who no matter what is good and beautiful that you are sharing with them about your life or from the natural wonders of our world, they're not going to listen. And this is what I want to tell you about it. Share it anyway. Say it anyway. Tell it anyway. The good and beautiful things about Easter and about our faith and about life in this world are worth sharing with somebody, even if they act like my buddy with the, the geyser video. There's good news on Easter Sunday for us, and it is about the new life that springs up in Jesus and how that brings new life to us as well. As he is raised, we are raised. As he begins a new life, we also get another chance, a new chance to start over in some areas of our lives, to let the power of God guide us in how we live. So the resurrection um, story, the resurrection power is not just for Jesus, but it's true for you and me too. Hey, church. Amen? Amen? So it's not just preachers who need to tell about it on a Sunday morning, on an Easter Sunday. It's also parents and grandparents with your children. It's friends texting or talking, even with the haters, in the way that we move from here out into lunch or brunch or mowing the lawn or taking a nap or whatever you have next. I wonder if you could even tell about it in the way that you greet the checker at your grocery by looking him in the eye giving them respect, saying hello. I wonder if you could share this good news and how you welcome someone who seems to be new or different, make them feel like they belong. I wonder if you could, uh, you could show and tell this good news in your, online, in your online life, 
and not getting caught up in the muck that is there. I wonder if you could tell about it in the grace that you show to someone having a hard time or in the forgiveness that you seek and that you offer. A pastor friend of mine raised a prayer this week. She said, yes, oh please, Holy Spirit, move the mess out of the way and help us not just regurgitate theology, but bring it all to life. So this is my word to you today, oh church. Pay attention, be astonished, tell about it. None of us has to be an expert on the mechanics of resurrection, but we can all turn ourselves again to this story of Mary and Peter and all the rest and to learn from them what our response of faith might be. We can be astonished as we consider what the resurrection means for us. It's new life, it's a fresh start, a hope that goes beyond this life alone and that opens us up to life eternal and then tell about it in word or in deed. Don't let the haters get you down. Instead, let the Easter proclamation, this good news, carry you and guide you and encourage you as you walk into the days ahead. God bless you on this Resurrection Sunday. Christ is risen. He is, he is risen, risen indeed. indeed. Amen. <laughs>